What's the worst day you ever had in your business? I can name a few. I was a five-time award-winning entrepreneur who burned out because I couldn't give up control of anything in my business, whether it was because I thought I could do it faster or because I thought I couldn't afford it. I just refused to let anybody else in. Consequently, the business turned from a dream goal into a job I hated and I didn't know what to do anymore. In 2015, I closed my business, walked away, and started a whole new life. But I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up after that. And I realized that what I really love to do is marketing. I love to talk about marketing and create marketing and teach other people how to create value-based marketing initiatives that talk to their customers. I've done it for corporations, for entrepreneurs like you, bloggers, and everybody in between. I'm here to help you create your dream empire that gives you the freedom to create your life the way you want to do it. My name is Megan Brain. This is Stop Sucking Your Business. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Stop Sucking Your Business. I am super glad you're here today because the woman I was, I am speaking to and that you'll hear is going to be my new best friend because <laughs> we were talking before and she's just badass. I'm really excited for you to hear from her. Uh, I'm speaking with Juliet Clark and Juliet is a six time author, speaker and podcaster who has spent the last 20 years helping authors, coaches, speakers, and small businesses all over the world build expert audiences. Corporate companies and author speaker incubators worldwide have benefited from Juliet's unique and effective process of mastering lead generation and qualification for expert status. That is so impressive. And I can't believe I was able to read the whole thing without messing it up. <laughs> well, you did a fabulous job. Oh. And um, I need to update that. I've actually written seven books now. I had a book come out last summer and I, I guess I just never added it. <laughs> Well, that's, that was your segue into getting us interested about the seventh book because it wasn't mentioned before. So now we have to take time to mention it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Juliet, we figured out the marketing strategy for you. You're good. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> so let us start at the beginning of this ridiculously impressive career. How did you start getting into this? So... Right out of college, uh, I, I worked at Price Stern Sloan Publishing, which I, I don't even know who they are anymore. Publishing companies have been gobbled up by bigger ones uh, over and over and over. And HP Books. I actually had a degree in horticulture, and HP Books does uh, gardening books, home improvement books, things like that. So that's where I started. So I knew what went on in the inner workings of a traditional publishing company. And from there, uh, I went over to Shy Day Advertising and I worked on the regional account for Nissan, which is a, a it was back then, back in the 80, late 80s, early 90s, a billion dollar account. They had split up into regional and national. And so that there I learned a lot of marketing, needless to say, <laughs> when you're advertising a product like that. But um, I think for the purposes of what we're going to talk about today, uh, market research, uh, being interested in, um, you know, are people interested in your ideas as an entrepreneur? So uh, from there, what did I do from there? From there, I went to Mattel Toys. And after Mattel Toys, I actually, <laughs> I guess I love this. 
Um, I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. We, we had moved from uh, Manhattan Beach out to Valencia because my husband had gotten a transfer. And I decided I was going to stay home. We had two kids. I was traveling a lot and uh, for my job, and I decided I was going to stay home. That lasted about two weeks, and <laughs> I was, I was going to die. Like, oh, my God, this is hard. This is really, really hard staying home with kids. <laughs> like, I love my kids, but I hated my kids for those. <laughs> it was probably like a week and a half. It was probably like three days into it. I was like, oh, my God, I hate my life. Um so I got a real estate license and um, I actually was one of the top realtors at uh, Realty Executives of Santa Clarita. So um, I knew how to market. I, I zoomed up to the top pretty quickly in, in that area. And then um, in 2007, uh, I was going through a really ugly, ugly divorce and uh, everybody was acting like children, all the adults. I mean, not that the children were expected to. And so I'd always wanted to write a mystery novel. And I sat down and I wrote players and I killed my ex-husband in it. Nice. Um, How cathartic. Holy shit. I love that. Oh my God, it was so <laughs> cathartic. And, and to be honest, like you guys can see, I sort of have blonde hair. Um, I would not have looked good in an orange jumpsuit. So better to do it in the book. I always tell people if felons had worn royal blue, this story would have turned out differently. But I don't look good in orange. So that was that was the entree back into publishing. And uh, that that was I was exploring self-publishing. And I thought, you know what? I've been on the inside of traditional publishers. This will be easy peasy. And what I found was a really what I would call corrupt model. And by, by that, what I mean is they were marking up the books on the back end, which takes royalties away from the author. And the reason I hated that was because self-publishing, you pay to have your book published. So for me, it was like if I went to Kink, I don't think Kinko's, I just learned Kinko's isn't in business anymore from the whole really? Harris thing, but Office Depot or, you know, any of those places where you get a business card. And you say, hey, design me a business card. And so they design it for you. They print them and then they hand you the box and they say, oh, by the way, we're going to take 50% of anything you sell. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what, a, what an awful, you said I could cast crappy business model. So that's where we started with Superbrand, my second book. Uh, I, I, cause I wrote several mystery novels. That one was also very cathartic, but in a different way. Um, we, uh, we started where you pay up front. We don't mark up the back end. Your royalties are your royalties. You know, for most authors, this is the culmination of their life's work and how dare a publisher, a self publisher, take a piece of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's how we got back into this. Uh, <laughs> I'm just blown away. I'm blown away by how prolific you have been and cathartic with your with the, the way you channel your energy. That's you're like my hero for that. <laughs> I read a lot of I killed a lot of people in my book, so don't oh. get on my bad side. <laughs> oh, that is I just thinking of all the therapy copays I've had in my life and I could have just read <laughs> I know. I love it. And it's funny. I'll I'll plug this really quickly. But the last book, Pitch Slapped, was actually about my process. And um, my children had never read my books. They're adults now. And they've never read any of my mystery novels. You know, I'm just mom to them. Mm -hmm. And what was funny was my daughter picked up that on the counter. She read the story in front. She calls her father and she's like, 
Wong killed you. <laughs> well, if he wasn't a dick, we wouldn't have this problem. Exactly. <laughs> and he knows he's a dick. He tells people all the time, I just tolerate him. <laughs> well, so you have all of this street cred and you start helping people with getting these books out and actually earning an income from their books. But what I love and what I want to talk with you about is how you're able to actually vet these people and make sure that they're paying attention to um, not only the they are paying attention to the work that has to be done and not just the shiny object of, I have a book and everything will be wonderful because everybody loves books. And you do that through quizzes, right? Part, part of that is our quiz process. So one of the things that I found early on, and you and I just discussed this, was that everybody is very invested in digital. Mm -hmm. And book selling, as with course selling or anything else, requires relationships. Right. And clicking on a digital, you know, clicking through a funnel is not going to build those relationships. Mm -hmm. So what we found was we had people bringing us books. This was probably 2014, 2015. Uh, they, they would bring us books and we'd say, why'd you write this book? And um, the answer we got over and over was, oh, I went to so-and-so's, you know, business, build your business, 15-day <laughs> event. Mm -hmm. And um, when I mentioned that my products and services weren't selling, they said, oh, it's because you don't have a book. And I was totally like, that's bullshit. It's because mm -hmm. you don't have an audience or marketing. I'm so glad you gave me permission to cuss. Absolutely. <laughs> I was watching my P's and Q's. Uh, so what we did is we came across a quiz platform in 2016 that allowed you to query your audience on um, and actually have them self-evaluate where they're at in the process of what you teach. Mm -hmm. So on a scale of one to 10, you know, are you doing this or are you not doing this? And, and 10 is success. And when we started using that process, people started to get that it was their product that wasn't selling. Mm -hmm. um, and it was because people either weren't invested in it or they, they didn't know what it took to be successful in whatever you were teaching. Mm -hmm. So we started using the quiz platform ourselves. The reason we jumped into it was not just for that. It was because of the commitment section in it that runs three autoresponders in the background. I was tired of talking to broke-ass people. Right. People right. would get on and they'd say, uh, can you tell me how to, how to publish on Amazon? Well, you don't want to publish on Amazon. That's the worst platform ever to publish your book on for multiple reasons. Um, and then we'd find out that they were doing it. They didn't have money that, you know, there were just all of these things. And so I was talking to broke ass people all day. Mm -hmm. So we moved in and we started using this quiz, which told us who was high commitment, who was sort of a medium commitment and who was a low commitment person. And we started creating, we started talking to the high commitment people only. So now we had people who were telling us through the quiz that they were 100% committed to solving the problem we solved. They also were willing to spend money to solve this problem and that they would like to set up an appointment to talk to us to move to the next step. 
once we started using that for ourselves, we started talking, it was brilliant. We started talking to people who wanted to buy from us. But even bigger, we turned around and we started using that platform with our own clients that were coming to us saying, before we go to a bestseller list, before we get this book published, let's build an audience because this book is really, for all intents and purposes, a loss leader. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get a million people to go over and spend 20 bucks on a book and retire to, you know, the island next to Richard Branson's. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. We're going to have an audience to read that book. And by the way, when you're talking to these people, now you have the opportunity to get verbal feedback about what these people think of your products and services that you are selling. And we had so many people and we actually had this happen for ourselves where we revamped a product that was $9.97, where people could just click and buy it. We went back to those people and we actually talked to them. We pick up the phone because we had their phone numbers. That's one of the things you get in the quiz and people give it to you because they want their results. We picked up the phone. We talked to the people who bought that product and we said, what would make it better? Mm -hmm. And unanimously people were like, if we had a program where we could actually talk to you, if we had a program where we could learn more and get a deep dive, we were in a little bit more of teaching um, like baby digital remark- mm-hmm. marketing back at that point. And so we did, we said, Hey, if we sat added $3,000 to this program and met once a week for six months, would you be interested? And People did immediately. We upgraded and then we started selling that program for $39.97. And it's been our biggest program to date. So it was one of those things where we used our own um, our own process mm-hmm. to not only change and reformat our business. Now we were in a position to help others do that as well. The way that you have used quizzes, in my mind, is so revolutionary because when you think of, you know, the marketing gurus talking about, you need to use a quiz, you need to make this quiz. I get the point of them. I get the point of like the BuzzFeedness aspect of personality quizzes and stuff like that. But what I love about you, well, I love many things about you, but what I love about you with this quiz is that you flipped it and you said, this is going to work for me. This is more about getting value to the person taking the quiz, but also it is a useful tool for me. And I think that is something so few entrepreneurs think about. They think about just, I got to get this out there. I got to get this newsletter out or this quiz out or this lead magnet, whatever, this product. And they don't really think about how is this going to make my business better? Do you know what I mean? Yes, that that's one of the things when we if you were on a sales call with me, I talk about the win win. Mm -hmm. So we've had this paradigm in digital marketing for quite a while, where we say, hey, I'm going to give you a piece of my genius, the opt in, you're going to get that piece of genius, then I'm going to put a drip campaign out there. And in seven drips, I expect you to buy a product. Mm-hmm. Now, what's really happening there is people have gotten into, they, they hate the opt-ins, number one, but mm-hmm. number two, when they do get them, they rarely have time to watch the video, 
to read the ebook, you know, whatever it is that gift's been given away. And they tend not to open the emails anymore. So I call it like the unrequited love of opt-ins <laughs> because it really is. It's like me, the entrepreneur going, I have a list of 5,000 people and none of them open, none of them are buying, but I have 5,000 people. It's all about ego. Well, I feel like what our quiz does is it's, it's a win-win because the person taking it gets a lot of information about an area that they're interested in. What am I doing? Because when we, when we craft the statements, it's craft on success principles and it's broken into categories and statements. So when you get the results, you clearly see where you have gaps. And when you get those gaps, you see those gaps, you go, whoa, hmm. maybe I better listen to the next steps Megan has here about my marketing strategy because I'm missing some key points here that um, probably are holding me back. So that's what's in it for the person who takes the quiz. It's, it's three minutes. We say our quizzes allow you to determine who in your audience is your best client in 180 seconds. It's quick to take, and it allows you to get a lot of information in that three minutes. But even bigger is on the other side for the entrepreneur. One thing that market researchers see and they, they develop plans off of is uh, patterns, Mm -hmm. They're very invested in the patterns. What are people saying over and over and over? This, as people are taking the quiz, is you can see the patterns of where people are struggling. So if you thought they were struggling on communication and possibly, you know, let's say marriage counselor, they were struggling on uh, time management issues, um, you get some information there that helps you reformat programs and also helps you understand what it is your people really, really need. Combine that with, instead of guessing, because a lot of marketing is guessing, <laughs> now you have solid data, but if you have those high commitment people, now you're talking to real people and you're hearing over and over, what's the language they're using? Can I use that language in copy? Can I, you know, what are, I may be, I may be an expert who's calling a problem one thing, but they have another name for it. Well, boom, that's why our copy is not resonating because I'm not speaking their language. I'm speaking my language. So we get a lot of bugs out in the process that possibly have been holding back, holding people back from selling their high ticket items. And now we're able to take them into the book and say, okay, the book needs some reformatting, but also we need to shift how you're thinking about it. It's not your big money maker in the sense that you think. It's your money maker in a step to get to know you. Mm -hmm. When I buy a book, it's because I want to get to know that entrepreneur a little bit. I want to see how they write. Are they super serious? If you're super serious, you're probably not my person because <laughs> I'm a sarcastic ass. But, um, you know, that that's kind of like I can see your personality. Uh, there are a lot of people, different people who do the same thing out there. Right. But probably the person you're going to hire is the one that you resonate with on a personality level. So now we're now we're having you get the book out there for an entirely different reason, more as a loss leader than anything else. Mm. Top of the funnel sort of situation. Mm -hmm. I, lo I love that. So can we talk about the anatomy of your quizzes, um, your, your main quiz? <clears throat> so it sounds like, at first I thought it was a personality quiz, but it sounds sort of like it's a tally. Is that right? It, it sort of is that the, I'll tell you, most of the quizzes out there, they have no value for the person yeah. taking it. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's I call it kitschy. Like mm. I'm a wacky wizard. Yay! What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, share it on Facebook. I don't want to share my wacky wizardness on Facebook. No. Exactly. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Board, a new app by Budget Bakers. Board helps small business owners like you and me manage our finances on the go. Board was built to be not only mobile friendly, but mobile first and is accessible anywhere on anything. I actually got to play around with the app and I can say that it was so much easier than the other bookkeeping software I've already been using. I am really excited to let you guys know all about this app. You can download it for free by heading to Board budgetbakers.com slash stop. That's board.budgetbakers.com slash stop. So when they get the results, are these results, um, are they grouped? And is that the high, medium, low, or is that, is the high, medium, low interest a separate thing? So most of the people wouldn't even know there's a high, medium, and low because that's that's the determination of which offer goes out on the autoresponder. They don't get three different emails. They get one email with that high, medium, or low, depending on, and they probably don't even know where they've fallen in their mm -hmm. um, offer. So the offers in there are different. Where the categories and statements come in, is for a lot of entrepreneurs, they're not even clear on what they do. You you know this because you work with them all the time. <laughs> yeah. So um, what we do is we say, okay, take your premier program, product, or service. Let's break it down into categories of success. And then let's put statements underneath where people can evaluate that success. So it's actually when we have categories, we might have like three or four categories with three or four statements underneath where people scale themselves on zero to 10, zero being, I haven't done this, 10 being successful. So when they come out in the email, you get your results and it doesn't tally it and say, you know, you got 100 out of 200 directly, but it actually has the categories and the statements listed with your score. Mm -hmm. So you can see really clearly by category, what you're failing, what you're not doing well at. I don't want to say failing because usually <laughs> it's just um, so that that's the first thing in the email is you can clearly see where your gaps are. Oh my gosh, I didn't even know I needed this to be successful, and I haven't done any of this at all. And then the the latter part is where it comes in. The email comes out, and it has the uh, commitment driven offer, which is uh, are they a hundred percent committed? to the problem you solve, are they, uh, are they willing to spend money to correct that problem? And would they set an appointment to discuss next steps? So that would be your high commitment. Your medium commitment, we'd probably decide depending on the number of leads you want. Some people will put a calendar there as well as the high commitment if they want more leads. Some people don't want to talk to more. They just want to get those people into that nurture space. And then Seriously, any room you're in, about 80% of those people will never take action. They won't spend money. So now you put those people in your email list and you're spending time with the qualified people who are interested in what you do. I, I'm just taking it all in and it's, you're so fucking smart, Juliet. It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I guess, which quiz software do you use first off? Um, I don't share that because okay, that's fair. That's what I don't share. I don't share that. And they actually just switched, uh, switched it too. But um, I don't because when people tend to try it on their own without consultation, it ends up like SurveyMonkey. It's a shit show. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So because uh, if, if, you, if you've ever seen on SurveyMonkey, you know, they'll do radio buttons with one to 10 scale. And if you know anything about neuroscience, you'll know that those are a fail. Your, your brain is not computing. So we, we keep it very much in alignment with what would be, uh, you know, trigger you from a neuroscientific standpoint. Do you know of any other quiz software that you would recommend to people starting out? Um, I don't actually, (laughs) a lot of them and, uh, a couple things about them. First of all, um, it takes a lot of programming to be able to do what you think you want to do. And most, most entrepreneurs have no idea about that programming. Mm -hmm. So you end up spending as much money. I actually talked to a guy Saturday who showed me his quiz and he had gone in and programmed it himself and it wasn't working. Oh. I mean, literally, he's like, hey, oh. look at this. Thing. And I'm like, it's blank. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that's one of one of the things. The software we use is super, super easy. You just drop in what you need to drop in and it all the programming is calculated in. For someone who is just starting out and they want to do just, I just want to get a quiz out for lead gen. Do you think things like SurveyMonkey or um, we'll say SurveyMonkey or Google Forms or something like that is good just as a minimum viable product? I don't because okay. you, you have to have a reason for people to take it. Mm. And generally with those, um, again, you're going to get a mixture because you don't know what you're doing. You're giving them a mixture of things that aren't resonating with their brain. Mm. So um, you really need to know what you're doing here to get people to engage in the process. The other thing about ours that's very unique is that you can actually go into a room and we have a lot of speakers who do this and you can have it as part of your talk. So people Mm. give them the three minutes to take the quiz right there in the room and lead capture. And guess what? You've captured, they're a captured audience. They're in that room for a reason. They are interested in what you do. So you can actually, it has its own unique URL. You can bring it up on the phone and people can take it right then and there. And now you've lead, lead captured entire room. That's so smart. For people who want to start a quiz for lead gen, how do you recommend they get started? Just thinking about quizzes and lead gen. Where do they, what's step one? Step one, take stock of your product or service. Mm -hmm. What is, what are the main points of it? And what are the success principles of it? You're the expert in this. So it, you know, let's take communication. If you were going to be successful at communication, what are the four main points Mm -hmm. underneath communication that are important and have people do a self-evaluation versus a yes, no, maybe, you know, whatever you do like that. One of the things that happens on a lot of these quizzes, when I talk about the neuroscience, um, the uh, kind of the disconnect is that if I have a question and I've answered yes, no, maybe, and then I've gone to the next page, I've just disconnected that process. When we put ours together, the categories and the statements are on the same page. So 
one communication category, they can answer the four or five statements. Next page, you know, that it, it'll be a totally different topic. And what that does is it brings those pieces together for people. When you're just doing a yes, no, or, you know, or you have a scale of one to 10 and now you're flipping the page, people don't understand how all of that's connected to what you do. So think about how your messaging can go into this quiz so people understand by the end exactly what you do. So you better know exactly what you do, which that's probably the biggest thing, Megan. And, yeah. and you know this from being a market strategist. People get into this and they don't know exactly what they do, mm-hmm. but they're expecting other people to know exactly what they do from what they tell them. <laughs> right. So really, this, this clears that up. This is also a good tool. If you've been an entrepreneur who's gone from thing to thing to thing, like, oops, that didn't work. Now I'm going to this. Um, you need something that clearly lays out what you do now. And I talk to people all the time that'll say, well, I have a list of a thousand people, but, you know, 400 of them are from three years ago when I, you know, was a spiritual guru. And now I do this. I'm a money manager. And now, and it's like, wow, no wonder your audience is confused. Right. Oh, the, the homework behind the idea of a quiz has just gotten much bigger, I think, for readers that, or for listeners that weren't they're like, I'll do a Buzz, BuzzFeed personality quiz. But I think to your, your point is those quizzes have their place, I guess, for social media or whatever. But if you want to really utilize a quiz format as a lead gen, you really have to think about it just going back to like what we said, twofold of what's in it for them. How is this going to be a value to them, but also how's it going to be valuable for you? That's true. And, and we call this being of service instead of being of of selling, because I, as an entrepreneur have taken the time to prepare this and I'm asking you to take it. I'm being of service to you. I'm doing a deep dive. Like what is really going on with you? I want to know versus the old way, which I kind of call, you know, that digital marketing with that opt-in I was talking about that's unrequited love, where it's all about the sale. Mm-hmm. And I don't really care what's going on for with you. Um, here, we're really exhibiting a deep dive into, you know, I do care about my clients and I want to find out what's really going on for you guys or even potential clients. So this is really a way of serving without selling. And, and here's the other thing. Yeah. Um, if you start building a relationship, which this does when you start talking to people, um, the products sell themselves, I find. I don't have to get on a call. I don't have to be salesy. Uh, I just explain what's going on. Look, let's go through this. This is what's going on. You know, and usually it's, well, how much and how long? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you had mentioned that you get uh, three autoresponders or there's three different autoresponders to get. With that, how much further do you go into automation sequences? Is it like the high ones just get, not bombarded, but they get a lot of attention and the medium ones, eh, and the low ones, we just leave you for, we'll check in with you. For down on the road. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, you took this, 
Goodbye. So, so that's something you can decide in the background. The, um, the upgraded version of the quiz platform allows you to connect to your CRM, and it does connect to most big, bigger CRMs. So from there, you can parse that high, medium, and low. So that high, you may want to send them out, you know, something like, a, you know, hey, um, I saw you were eligible for appointment and you didn't schedule. You know, would you like to get that scheduled? So you can go that way. In fact, we actually teach too. We have you watch since all of this is in real time. Mm-hmm. If you have high commitment people that take it, but don't sign up for the session with you, you have the phone number. So you have the ability to pick up the phone and say, you know, hey, Megan, thank you so much for taking the quiz at Friday's event. Um, you know, you, you, you qualified for an appointment. Would you like to get that scheduled? Because what happens when you're at an event a lot of times is you're running from place to place to place. Mm-hmm. The email's there. You just forget about it. And that phone call is a reminder. Mm-hmm. For the nurture space, we do one of two things usually. That nurture space is our potential. So we look at the high commitment as probably can sell within a month. We look at that medium commitment place as these people probably are seeing you for the first time. They love what you had to say, but is Megan their person? Mm. Like There are a lot of people who do this. I need to get Megan. I need to get to know her a little bit more. So you're going to spend, you're going to do create emails, maybe invite them to events. When I say events, you know, maybe you have a call once a week a free call that you'd like to. So just someplace where they can get to know you a little bit better. And then the, the low commitment, depending on what your, um, what your calling is, those may be people we, we talk about with uh, the spiritual people and also the psychology uh, related businesses. Those may be people who have to go hit rock bottom before they come back. Mm-hmm. So you don't completely leave them out there, but um, you don't spend a lot of time with them either. So that's usually the way we treat that, those autoresponders, the connection on the back end. So if you're a really sophisticated marketer, you're going to want three different campaigns written in addition to that, Hmm. that quiz that we're building. That makes sense. I'm just thinking about, so we've talked about a lot of ways people can use this as a service-based business. Do you have any people who utilize it uh, for a product-based business? Uh, we don't. I don't okay. feel like it's a good a good fit for product-based services. There are a lot of other things. When This is more for those intellectual products, the service and intellectual, where people can't hold it in their hand. If you have a product you can hold in your hand, chances are you'll just order that thing, and then if you don't like it, you'll send it back. But, you know, you have to see and play with something. When do you recommend people start looking at their quiz and updating it or editing it? What is What are the signs that this quiz is not performing the way that you need it to be? We have a lot of that, actually. So as we start getting answers and people are talking, so you know, let's say you were high commitment, you and I have a conversation, And I start picking up that you're telling me things that I don't have in the quiz. And I'm hearing those things over and over. That's when you start thinking about updating it because that that's the beauty of it is, you know, most of the time, small entrepreneurs do not do their market research. It's a guess. 
So now as I'm actually talking to someone besides my mother or my sister or my husband, who, you know, probably would all think that, you know, that my product is the best thing since sliced bread, I'm getting objective feedback and talking to people who are telling, they're giving me information. This is where I'm really struggling. And that's where you start updating everything is, you know, oh, I was guessing. And these people are telling me something a little bit different. So, you know, that might mean like what we did where we took something from a digital product right into let's have some group coaching with that. Mm. Let's get people, you know, and, and once we got all that in place, you know, it, it took off. It took off really big. And those a lot of those people came back and did their books with us as well. So it just it's a trust builder. Thinking of the trust builder part is what made me stop and pause for a second, because I think that the way you're using quizzes is just so not revolutionary, not like in a, but just, I'm thinking about the, the quiz gurus that are out there, the um, Ryan Levesque's and people with courses on how to build quizzes, things like that. And not only are you creating trust by actually giving service that people can use for their benefit, even if they never, you know, use your services, but you're doing it in such a way that uh, is just, to me, it's, it's revolutionary, but it's elegantly simple too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you have to make marketing simple. You talk, to, you talk to people all day long. Here's the deal. If you are a love coach or you are, um, I don't know, there's a ton of things out there. Your expertise is not marketing. It's not building a quiz. I almost feel like I should put a disclaimer. This is like, <laughs> back in the car days. Like I worked on the Nissan account and we had to put that disclaimer for the flying, you know, Z car. Do, right. do not try this at home. That's when all of those started. Um, you almost need to do that with a quiz because if you're not a marketing expert, mm-hmm. you're not going to get to the heart of what you need to do. Your expertise is someplace else. So have someone else that does have expertise do that for you. What is the cutoff between a good quiz and a holy shit, this is way too long and way too intricate quiz? What do you think like, there's a benchmark? I know you have you, you have three minutes. Three minutes. Three minutes. There okay. you go. People have no attention span. Mm-hmm. We all have ADHD. I actually had a client about two years ago, uh, Sunny Giles, who came to us and she had spent $20,000 oh on this God. very intricate, 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 intricate. It was kind of a, a quiz, a survey. It had a lot of benefit for what she did, a lot. And, uh, but she couldn't get people to take it. And so when I talked to her, I went in and took it. It took a half hour and I was, I was, oh my gosh, really, really brain dead. And so, um, I went back to her and I said, here's what I think you need. We need this quiz to be quick and dirty. And then as you talk to people and gauge their interest, you have them go take that over. So that's what she did. And she actually uh, spoke at an event. Actually, she did two things that were uh, kind of changed what we did, too. She was speaking at a big event in Germany. 
Mm. And um, what she did was she had the host of the event send the quiz out in advance. And so she was able, there were like 400 people at this event and I think 132 took it before the event. She picked up the phone, her team picked up the phone and called the people that were high commitment and said, hey, I'm going to be at the event. I have these half hour sessions. Would you like to book one? So there she went to actually meeting people in person, taking the time, starting to build that trust. But then when she gave it from the stage, I think another 203 took it. So, um, you know, that that gave her team a follow up as well to all of this. And that way she was having conversations, the high commitment people, she could determine who is in for that next step. Mm-hmm. And, and I will tell you, I think uh, oh, it was one of the big companies in Silicon Valley hired her before she even got to the event. And oh she charges, yeah, I, I think she, I think she told me she charges about $50,000 for a workshop. And it was one of the big, one of the big computer companies hired her to come in before she ever even spoke. Just what, what a Phoenix rising story. <laughs> yeah, I know it was, it, it, it really had a lot of visibility for her. Well, Juliet, we're running out of time. So how can people get a hold of you? And when they're ready to work with you, what kind of homework do you have them do beforehand? <laughs> well, the first thing you can do is go over and take our lead logic quiz. So it's www.leadlogicquiz.com. And, you know, find out where you're at in your lead qualification process. Um, if you're an author, you can go take our Promote Profit Publish quiz, which is at promoteprofitpublishquiz.com. Um, to start working with us, the, the homework we do is we send out a Google sheet that has a part of our process. And we ask you to just do a big brain dump. Mm. And then we come together after, uh, after you've done that brain dump. And then we start organizing it all and having a discussion about why this, where it goes, what we do and how we word it to get at the answer, not an accurate answer because there is no right (laughs) or wrong, how to get an answer that will be helpful for the entrepreneur and the person taking it. I have learned so much today and I am so thankful that you were here today. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. I was, it's so weird how we got together. <laughs> I know. It's Connie, who, for you people listening, Connie, who you'll hear again, she's coming back on, is just the best connector. She's so smart, and she knows all the good people, ourselves included. <laughs> she does. I just had her, I just recorded her podcast for her podcast last week, too. Oh, nice. So is there anything that we forgot to talk about that you want people to know before we end the show? No, I think so. I think we we covered a lot. I hope I just said I didn't confuse or overwhelm people. I think everybody's going to go and start writing down some quiz questions now. (laughs) Good, good, good. Thank you so much, Juliet. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. Hey, guys, one more thing before you go. Could you do me a favor and leave a review of this episode It would help me out so much and get the word out to other people. If you could just drop a review, I would really appreciate it.